Ladies, this is our time, and it's time to unburden ourselves of unrealistic expectations, including our own. The veneer we see in the media is often not just false, it's unhealthy. And frankly, some of it is just total bullshit. This is Chick Shit, a podcast that goes far beyond tropes, bringing you gritty realness about real-life experiences of today's woman. LJ and I break it down, right here, right now. Welcome to Chick Shit. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of your father's weekly podcast, Chick Shit with LJ and Di, where every week we pick a topic that women and let's face it, probably a lot of other people deal with. And then we have a look at how the media portrays it and what they got really, really right and what they got not so really, really right. As usual, I pick the drinks, Di picks the topics. Di, what are we talking about? So today we're actually going to talk about porn. Ooh, ooh. Ooh. I think that's why, why we both uh, lifted up here. We, we needed, we felt the need to zhuzh a little bit. Now you always yes, lift it up. We had you to have the do. lipstick. Yeah. Yeah. But the media that we're using to break down the topic is an interesting one. It is, it's Don John written and directed by Joseph Gordon Levitt. And to go along with our topic today, what are we drinking? Well, you know, when we talk about porn, we talk a lot about the porn actors, actresses, the people really, you know, putting in pun intended the work. (laughs) What we don't think about a lot is the directors and, you know, how they're telling everybody do this, do that. Here's the next action, blah, blah, blah. So what we're drinking today is a bend over Shirley cocktail because (laughs) where would the world be without somebody telling those actors what to do? And uh, the bend over Shirley is raspberry vodka, grenadine and Sprite. And it is delightful. (laughs) So I know you were going on a run today. How was your run? Well, you know, I think we've talked about my bowels before. So why not do it again? Sometimes when I go running, you know, it shakes a little something loose. So I got about a mile and a half away from my house and I was like, well, this isn't good. And I proceeded to penguin walk the mile and a half back (laughs) to my house, just clenched and praying for daylight. Uh, About a quarter mile from my house, a SUV pulls over to the side of the road and is like, Hey, there's a man in the woods up there. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Keep in mind, I'm clenched. I am really holding on for dear life. And now I'm having to talk to a stranger. And this lady was like, listen, don't go past that neighborhood up there. There is a shirtless man with no shoes running in and out of the woods. And he seems crazy. So I got to the front of my neighborhood. I clocked the dude. He was going back into the woods. I was like, perfect. He's headed that way. I'm going up this hill. He turned around and started coming out and started screaming at me incoherently. Oh, no. My UPS man, like a gosh darn hero, came squealing down the hill and stopped and looked at me and goes, I got this. And ladies and gentlemen, this is why it pays to order way too many packages. Your (laughs) UPS man knows you and he will protect you. Oh. Anyways, no clue where that shirtless man came from, where he is Mm. presently, but... Uh, I'm going to buy my UPS man a gift and leave it out there for him. Yeah. It's so it's, it can be really scary 
when you don't understand someone's mental health status and like what no. they're capable of. And I hope he's okay. Oh, I don't well, like and it. I went through that, like, should I call yep. the cops? Because yep. that's the only, yep. that's the only thing that you have. Is I know you can't call a mental health response team. And then you think, I know, well, if I call the cops and this is a mental health issue or like a substance abuse issue, right. What are they going to do? Like, what's the help actually going to lead to in that circumstance? Yeah. Um, I know we've been in Matt and I had that happen yeah. the other night actually. And it was just like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And all of those thoughts that you're talking about ran through our head too, because it's just like you, how do you get the right mental health? Like you said, we don't have mental health responders. That's not yeah. a thing. Ugh. It is not a thing. Uh, in my situation, uh, my mental health responder was the UPS guy. UPS guy. <laughs> and he's a super sweet guy because he puts up with my demon just barking at him. And he just walks up and is like, hey, buddy, I miss you too. Wait, what is the, who declined delivery because of your demon dogs? USPS. <laughs> my dogs that are six inches tall. <laughs> Wasn't it like marked ferocious predator or something for the reason for not delivering animal the interference, animal interference, ferocious yes. predator, animal interference, animal okay. interference. Meanwhile, the UPS guy just like walks up as they're like biting his boots and he's like, Hey buddy. <laughs> no, but I, I feel bad for the guy, but also mm-hmm. if Karen and Georgia on my favorite murder taught me anything, it is fuck politeness go with your gut. If you are not comfortable, you do not have to be nice for the sake of being nice. I know you can get yourself to safety. Oh, always, always. Yeah. Also, I didn't want to poop my pants trying to help someone with their (laughs) mental health crisis. So that also played into my decision to just right back to the house. (laughs) I don't know what it is about me and traveling, but when I travel, like my body does not want to let go of anything. And then it never fails that when I'm in 10 minutes within my home from traveling, that it knows where I'm going it's like, do, 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 do. and it starts like, <laughs> it starts like getting comfortable and it's like, all right, now it's time to go. And I'm like, wait, I'm still 10 minutes from the house. Oh, clench, 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 clench. No. It'll be like a week of traveling. And then all of a sudden I have a 10 minute window to make stuff happen. Yeah. I usually don't have that issue, but when I came to visit you, I don't know if it was the altitude or what, but my body was like, we're shutting it down. And I was like, no, we don't do this. We never shut it down. <laughs> it's the worst. No. It is the worst. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so some people think that porn is the worst shall we get into our segue shall we get into our topic today with media summary yes please new jersey bartender john martello knows what's important his friends his family his car his church his sexual conquests and porn in fact john is a porn addict and has never had a genuine relationship with a woman however when he meets barbara he has to change his operating methods because barbara won't be bedded easily for the first time in his life john begins a real courtship but his obsession with erotica threatens to ruin everything 
Bum, bum, bum. The scene of this movie is intense. So we get to know Don, Don John, his friends call him John, by kind of witnessing his habits. Yeah, there's only a few things in life that matter to me. My hair, my gym time, my family, my church, and my porn. Anna's porn. And boy, does he consume a lot of it. The movie shows a ton of media sexualization from Weather Channel. (laughs) Carl's Jr. commercials. Let's just all discuss those. Carl's Jr. commercials, Ring Girls, Deal or No Deal Women, etc. Like we recognize that sexuality is presented in all media and there's really no escaping it. But when you get into porn to the, the extent that he is, everything in life is about sexuality and relating it back to the porn that he's consuming, even to the point where he will he he explicitly states that not even the real P gets him like porn does. He can't be satisfied by regular sex. It doesn't do what porn does for him. He gets to lose himself in porn. And then we see him go to a club where he's with two of his friends and they're rating every woman that they see in this club on a scale of one to 10. And he is comparing every woman he sees to what he sees in pornography. There's just like this circle of misogyny going on, rating people. He has a habit of hooking up with women and then getting off with porn after because it's not enough for him. Before he uses porn afterwards, it's pretty much the Jersey shore. He's trying to find girls that are DTF and he is Italian. (laughs) What's DTF down to? I got it. I got it. I got it. That's why. Yeah. yeah. It's he's pretty much uh, what's his name? Mike, the situation. Oh yeah. Just spoiler alert. Don't watch this movie with anyone who you're uncomfortable around when it comes to like seeing boobs and anything related to sex. Cause the first five minutes are really going to make you uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) So he even shows like the noise on his computer, the startup, it's kind of become like a Pavlovian response to. Oh yes. So when, when did you see porn for the first time? Actual like video or anything anything when I was probably nine or 10 my brother left a playboy magazine in the bathroom Uh uh-huh I told on him immediately (laughs) like a good little sister there (laughs) immediately I think I was like probably around that age too, but I guess I didn't really see it. My cousins just made me aware of like what it was on the scrambled yeah. TV. You could definitely hear, you know, that channel, that channel, it was like that, a v- Skinamax. Yeah. Like that is blocked, but they don't block the audio. They just have the audio go on and it's all scrambly. So I don't think that was a thing here. I think that oh, may really? have been a, a special Texas channel. <laughs> 
I think that's when I was first like aware that there's something scandalous beyond that and didn't really know what to think of it. I don't think it was really until I was in my twenties or so that I started like watching it a little bit more, understanding it a little bit more, all of that good stuff. Do you watch porn regularly? I don't know if I would say regularly. I don't know what our definition of regularly is, but I do. I have no problem with it. Yeah. Um, I, when I lived in Philadelphia, bartended a couple nights a week at this little baby bar Mm -hmm. and we had what we called tree of trust Tuesdays where on Tuesdays you could say anything, do anything. The questions were intense, but it couldn't leave that bar. Got it. And one night, literally anyone who walked into the bar, I was like, I'm not serving you until you tell me what your favorite search on Pornhub is. (laughs) And people would just be like, both step siblings fisting. Like they would just be firing off and they were saying stuff that I was like, tell me more. What is this? Hello. It's so interesting because porn is so taboo. You either, I feel like it can be very um, polarizing as well. You either- are good with it, or maybe it's like trifle. You're good with it. And you like to watch it occasionally. You hate it and can't stand it. Or you are addicted. I feel like that's kind of like the swim lanes of level of porn status. Have you ever seen a video that it's not doing anything for you as far as your feelings, but also you're like, huh? Huh? Like you're almost watching it. Like it's a scientific, like what is happening? What That's going, is going there? On there? Uh, I don't think so. I I've, I've seen some, I think I just do a search for what works for me. And I so I've never just perused. No, I don't really peruse, but I know a lot of people do to help explore yeah. their sexuality. I just have a very distinct search as it relates. <laughs> no, <laughs> But not judging who anyone who no, is a furry, live your, live your life. But yeah, no, I, mine isn't, I'm not like, you know, uh, exploring yeah. per se, honestly, I kind of stay in my zone. You stay in your lane. Yeah. Um, did you know that they had a essentially big brother for porn stars? It's called Brazzers house. And they put a bunch of porn stars in a house together and had them do competitions that went along with their line of uh work and people got voted out that's insane i don't know what to think about that (laughs) well it exists on the internet along with literally anything else you can think of i mean i'm not surprised because i feel like there was like an era back in the 80s 90s when porns were a rip off of some sort of blockbuster movie Mm -hmm. now i feel like it's like quit quick hit videos on Pornhub, but previously it seemed like it was like Armageddon on, you know, (laughs) (laughs) what did I text you the other day? I was watching once upon a time with Christy with a K and the sheriff, (laughs) the sheriff of Nottingham came on the screen and she looked at me and said, do you think they've made a porn called the sheriff of naughty ham? (laughs) (laughs) They haven't, we got to get on that. (laughs) I feel like the 80s, 90s were definitely more like there were porn stars that you were aware of. And today I just kind of, I don't see consistency. Maybe I'm not seeking it out. Like I can think of like Jenna Mm -hmm. Jameson, who is like 
the, you know, but I think she's still like coming off of like nineties, early two thousands. She wouldn't be somebody that oh, I thought yeah. of that's like in her prime right now. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like today, I don't think that, that we elevate, there might be like those can't, what's it? Fans only people that get only elevated, fans. only fan, <laughs> only fans that get elevated, but I don't see the notoriety in particular stars anymore, I guess. No, no. And I think just the internet age and smartphones, it's, there's so much accessibility for anyone mm-hmm. who wants to do it. To, if you have an iPhone, you can film a video. Yeah. Yeah. With decent quality. So like, there's so much accessibility. It's no longer this thing that you need to have connections with like videographers and studios and locations. Like, no, yeah, anyone can do it and put it on the internet. So now the, the market's flooded. Yeah. There's so much content. And I think I maybe that's why I stay in my swim lane too. You're like, like if not, I, I will get, I'm overwhelmed. You know how obsessive my personality is. Can you imagine? Can you imagine <laughs> from Diana in 10 days? <laughs> She's searching and figuring out the best <laughs> one. Uh, as I do all things with furniture, Airbnbs, et cetera, I'd be like sucked in. It takes three days to choose a video. <laughs> yes. I've narrowed it down to 25. I hope to have it down to 10 by tomorrow. And then I have a pro con uh, waiting system. <laughs> I'll know by Thursday. Hope to utilize this information on TBD. I wouldn't be shocked if you're like, no, I really do that. No, I don't. I don't. I think that's why I stay in my lane. <laughs> So we see that John is really in the porn zone so much that he hasn't had a real relationship in his Mm -hmm. life. He has hookups all the time. Like that's. He has a streak. They keep talking about his streak. Yeah. He's got a streak. Right. And so he even at one point goes to a nightclub and he meets a woman named Barbara played by Scarlett Johansson. And tries to pursue her. She tells him no repeatedly. Hmm. Seeing a trend in some movies that we've been picking here lately. And sand is important. Then he ends up, since she turns him down, he hooks up with another girl. Well, Barbara has really got a hold on him. She's different. She, she, I think there is that rejection aspect that's probably unfortunately you want what you can't have you want what you can't have and so he and his friends look up barbara on facebook so that he can send her a message slip into her dms and ask her out to lunch his friends definitely tell him that this is a long-term one like you yeah, can't this is just... a long game this is not gonna be a quick hit what is her last name on this sugarman there we go. Barbara Sugarman. Barbara Sugarman. It sounds like should be she should be a mother in a PTA in the Bible Belt. Barbara Sugarman's bringing the cookies, y'all. <laughs> uh, they meet for lunch and flirt. How'd you get my Facebook? How- what do you mean? How'd you get my Facebook? Also Facebook. Oof. Oof. Unless they- you want to follow us, Chick Stuff Podcast. <laughs> They end up heading it off and they go to a movie and 
I think this part's interesting too, because she's kind of living in her own fantasy through Mm -hmm. this movie, if you will. So she takes into a rom-com. He's comparing the rom-com to it being fake and unrealistic and nothing that could happen in real life. While all the while he's utilizing porn as his threshold for realistic sexual you experiences. Know, if we know anything about porn, it's that it's all real and it all happens in real life. Exactly as it's displayed within the videos. Boom. You know what's sad though? Is there's a lot of people and to an extent myself included who sex ed in schools is a not that great. B if you go to a private Christian school, it's abstinence. Mm-hmm. And if you live in a house where it's not really talked about, you have to figure it out somehow. Right. So if how you're figuring it out is like watching porn and that's what you're like, oh my God, that's what I'm expected. Oh, that's what I'm expected to do. It's not a great start. No, it's not. It's not a great start for a number of reasons. One, it puts so much pressure on actually both people. A woman is expected to be pleasured by a man so quickly And that also she's just like kind of this inanimate object to his pleasure, like doesn't matter. And then two, that uh, she's just there to bring the holes. Exactly. And, and that a man usually, and I know I'm speaking about hetero, hetero porn, and that is obviously not the only types of porn out there, but also that like, if a man doesn't get a woman to a certain pleasure point by a certain amount of time that he's a failure. And that's not usually how most women experience sex. It's just not most women. There's a lot of communication that needs to happen between the woman and her partner. You don't see that in porn. You don't see communication. Mm -hmm. You don't see Hey, can you do this? It would feel great here. Or I'd like you to try this. I think this would be good for us. There's no communication. It's as if both people know how to get there in 30 seconds or less. And that's just not great for anybody. So nope, doesn't work. And you know, unpopular, but I think we've all had the days, especially if you're on antidepressants or any medication like that, that can interact that you just can't get there. Yeah. And that's part of life that that happens to everyone. And if it doesn't happen to everyone, don't tell me because I don't want (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever seen porn that doesn't show a climax? No, but sometimes I'm like, that wasn't real. Oh no. Obviously, obviously, obviously. But I'm just saying, I don't even think there are ones that show like, no, what's it. He's obsessed with the money shot. That's the big thing for him. Uh, That's just unrealistic all the way around. There's nothing there's so much. And then you feel guilt and shame for not having your experiences be what you see. Well, that girl did that in 10, 10 seconds. And that guy did that in 10 seconds. Why am I not doing that? In 10 Why seconds? am I not? Exactly. I think it's interesting that one of the things he mentioned that was important to him was, was church and family. And so and we porn. see <laughs> and porn, but we the Holy see Trinity. The, <laughs> We see him each week on Sunday in church with his family, and then he goes straight to the confessional and he confesses for his 
porn watching. If he's had sex outside of marriage, he confesses for that. And then the priest tells him how many Hail Marys to do to ask for forgiveness. What is the thing? Oh, the, the, I mean, I feel like that goes back to like the ancient days of like the Catholic church selling indulgences. So like you back in the day, you could just buy your way into forgiveness. Like you could do mm-hmm. whatever you want, buy some indulgences. You're good with the man upstairs, beautiful afterlife. And in this it's, I'm going to tell you, I've masturbated like 46 times while watching pornographic video and had sex with two women out of wedlock. 25 Hail Marys, 25 Lord's Prayers, and I'm good. Cool. No problem. I'll bang those out at the gym while I'm bench pressing. Yeah. And I don't think that it's teaching him anything about where his addiction's going. Well, he feels it, it he's absolves. Okay. I don't have to change at all. I just have to say these prayers and I'm absolved. So Barbara is a different, I mean, first we mentioned that John hasn't been in a relationship, a real relationship before. And Barbara is one that she is not ready to jump in bed right off the, the get-go. She actually wants to take her time a little bit with the relationship. I think she tosses her power around via her booty. Oh, she absolutely does to get him to commit to things like going to school and taking a class. So she does make him wait a little bit. And so instead of getting off on porn, he transitions into utilizing pictures of her. So you think that he's starting to establish a more, a better, like can emotional connection, but it's only temporary. So it's also creepy. I did not like that. (laughs) I was not a fan. (laughs) She finally invites herself over to his place And he knows what's up. Like they're going to have sex and it's going to be the first time. And he's had time to establish an emotional connection with her. But even after, or even during their encounter, he does nothing but compare what he's doing with her to what he's seen in porn. He's narrating this whole movie and you can tell that it's not living up to the money shot, no blow job, no this, no that it's not, it's not, it's not leading up to that expectation. So after they're done, they're cuddling in bed, but he still is feeling that itch to watch porn. And so itch to scratch. (laughs) (laughs) So he opens up his computer like he always does, turns on, get that, get that Windows 97 sound on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then as he's proceeding, Barbara actually walks in on him and catches him. So she comes into the room. He's immediately ashamed of what he's doing. He makes up an excuse for getting caught. He says a friend sent him a funny joke video and he's like, only, yeah, I don't watch porn. Only kids watch porn. Like nobody watches porn. I haven't watched porn since I was a kid. It was just like a one-time thing. She's like, oh, okay. Are you sure? Because like, that can't happen. You can't watch yeah. porn in this relationship. Like you can't lie to me. You can't watch porn. I'm not she doing that. A lot of rules. She does have a lot of rules, but I don't think this is uncommon. So the first thing I want to chat about is shame. I think that Mm -hmm. there is a ton of shame with admitting that you watch porn. And I don't think that that's 
appropriate, especially if you are utilizing it to explore your sexuality or try new things with your partner. Or Mm -hmm. if you don't have a partner, just explore. I think that there is a certain point that we'll talk about later where it can become a problem in a relationship. Mm -hmm. If you're not satisfied after ScarJo, like what's happening in your life? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think from a female point of view, or really from a significant other's point of view, if you walked out and saw that, especially right after, right, the immediate feeling is, I, I'm, I'm not, not good enough. enough. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for me personally, I deal a lot with being able to like dig into the rational side of my brain and look at it like a like a dissociated member of this conversation and mm-hmm. say that's a dude, dudes watch porn and jerk off, whatever. Cool. It has nothing to do with me, but the part of my brain that has so much shame and so much trauma and so many self-esteem issues is like, he's doing that because I'm not enough. And it's wading through the fact that the two are not mutually exclusive. One has nothing to do with the other. Yeah. Or they are. uh, Yeah. They can. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. 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 I think that that is why some spouses have problems with their partners watching porn. It's that feeling of, I am not enough. And we'll have Mm. an episode on strip clubs later, but I think that there's a similar line there where it feels like I'm not giving you enough that you have to seek external pleasure to do so. Yeah. Yep. 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 How would you feel? I know you're not currently in a relationship, but how would you feel if your partner watch porn. Is that something that you would prefer them not to do? And is that realistic? I mean, I think if it happened right after I would prefer them not to, (laughs) but I mean, I think that's sometimes you just want to fly solo. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice to just have a moment with yourself. Yeah. And I, I don't have a problem with it. I would struggle with confirming to myself, like, Hey, this has nothing to do with you. It's okay. I know you've said out loud that it's okay, but it's time to know in your heart and soul that it's okay. Mm. Um, so I definitely think that I would have some personal things to work through. Even though you yourself watch it. Yeah. I'm telling you that this is not rational. (laughs) (laughs) This is it's not rational. Okay. But it's like, I think it's situational. If it was right after I would be devastated. If he's home alone, hanging out and is like, hello, me just saw you in the mirror. You're looking pretty fine. Go nuts. I mean, I have no problem with it at all. That's not something that bothers me. That's not something that, you know, it, I just feel like in relationships, it shouldn't, it doesn't have to be something that you hide. Mm -hmm. It can be something that you both know about. You both recognize heck. Some people like to share. And if you want to share that with your partner, share it with your partner, like that can be something fun to explore if you're into that sort of thing. But I just don't, I think that the communication part is important, but Mm -hmm. also you don't need to tell your partner every time, like you're hopping on. (laughs) Excuse me. It's porn o'clock. Updating my my Google doc. Uh, I think it's unrealistic to ask a partner to never watch. Oh, agreed. hundred percent. And then like, what kind of, 
what are you setting yourself up for as the person that's asking them failure, failure, Next disappointment. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's true. Yeah. I, I just don't think it's realistic to ask a partner to refrain from it. Even if you are in, intimidated by it, I think it's important to express what it is about it that bothers you to your partner. Yes. If you have, right. Like just talk yep. about it, just communicate emotions, if emotions. If you don't like that, talk to them and say, here, here's what I feel. And then, you know, you watching this makes me feel I'm not good enough. And then let them explain why they do it. And I guarantee you, it's not because you're not good enough. I promise you that oh, um, probably has nothing to do with that. Exactly. Yeah. John is an addict. He is addicted to porn. It is no longer something that he does occasionally to, you know, to de-stress, to de-stress. It is habitual. It is multiple times a day. It is just something that it's starting to lose. Um, it's starting to take more and more and more Mm-hmm. than what's typically required to get him to the point that he wants to be when he's watching it. It's becoming problematic. So Barbara asked him to not partake in any porn whatsoever. Like, don't lie to him. Don't do it. Don't take in, partake in porn. And you already know LJ's and I's opinion, opinion on, <laughs> <laughs> on how realistic that is. It turns out to be not, especially since he's an addict. I think it would be unrealistic for anybody, but also particularly because he's a porn addict. And so he finds other ways to watch porn, including watching porn on his phone in class. Like he can't help it anymore. It's just taking up all of his mind. This Julianne makes- Moore catches him. Julianne Moore AKA Esther in the movie catches him watching porn. We'll find out more about Esther later, but she calls him out on watching porn in the classroom. And he not only watches porn in the classroom, but he watches it like while driving and like anywhere he can watch it. He continues to because him and Barbara are spending so much time in his apartment. It's no longer accessible for him to watch porn as apartment and not have her find out about it. As he narrates this, he says, it's not like I'm cheating on her, but he is deceiving her by not letting, like, by engaging in this so much that it's a lot. When Mm -hmm. do you think porn becomes a problem in a relationship? When you can no longer get where you need to be without it. Like if, if you become dependent on that to have a successful journey, Mm -hmm. it's probably too much. Yeah. Or, or when you start comparing your partner to that. That's that's the other thing that I would say too. Like if you're starting to compare your partner and you're not getting, like you can't even have that emotional connection anymore because you're so focused on these unrealistic expectations or you feel like a failure in bed with your partner because you aren't performing mm-hmm. Like what you see in these videos, I think that's when it can also be, true. become a problem. Would you feel comfortable watching it with your partner? I don't know. I don't know. 
some couples do watch that together. It's kind of Mm -hmm. like, again, a way to explore things. If you think about like all the things we've heard throughout life of like spicing up the love life and, and all that, you know, and also if you, there's nothing wrong with ever exploring with your partner, but also society puts so much pressure on what a perfect sex life should be too. And you hear it like reiterated throughout movies and TV, and you don't need to live up to anything. As long as you and your partner are happy with where things are and you're communicating that to each other, that's all that matters. So also that societal standard is what is ruining a lot people's ability to have intimate relationships yeah yeah because it's not realistic for everyone exactly do you think porn is like cheating no I don't either I don't either I don't see it as cheating whatsoever I think to the Uh -uh. point like what it's not cheating I never think it's cheating but the ickiness of like we talked about earlier like right after because he couldn't get there like that's that's tough. And not saying like, Hey, I can't get there tonight. And Hey, do you mind if I blah, blah, blah. Like, I guess there's, you know, some feelings that might be hurt because of that too. But I wonder why some people associate it with cheating. Cause I think that some people do. Oh, for sure. They do. Because I think in some people's eyes, like you should only have eyes for me. You should be like staring at our wedding album while you're doing this and remembering the good times. <laughs> the only porn you should be watching is our wedding video from 1996. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> if those puffy sleeves don't do it for you, I don't know what will. That is so, oh my God. Like some people think that to find someone else attractive is a betrayal. I'm it. You chose me. I'm all you get to look at. <sighs> As if like noticing someone has that person has lovely eyes or a nice rack or whatever you're noticing, you can notice that or watch a a video for that reason without it being because you're not as lovely as her or your boobies aren't as nice. Like, yeah. It's that, yeah, I think that's so unrealistic to think that you won't find anybody else attractive at all. Like, how do people have celebrity crushes or like admit their celebrity crushes if they don't think that that's okay to discuss? Yeah. yeah. Who's your celebrity crush? Oh, Steve Carell, number one. Ooh. Always. Charles Esten. I love Charles Esten. Mm-hmm. Played Deacon Claiborne on Nashville. He plays a very mean person on Natterbanks. I was not ready <laughs> for that. And I don't like it. <laughs> Mine is Steve Carell, and I stand firmly by that. <laughs> I support it. I get it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Especially now that he's a little silver fox. Hello. Hello, Steve Carell. Yes. <laughs> Barbara ends up looking at his browser history when he's away from the home. He didn't know that you could look at browser history or that there was a thing called browser history. And she searches it, immediately freaks out because not only has she found out he's been watching porn, but also he looked at porn 46 times that day, that (laughs) day, that day. Uh, That's dedication. She ends things with him because she said, you told me that 
we like we said we wouldn't lie to each other and i don't know if she was more upset about the lying or about the porn it's actually hard to tell because of how disgusted she was by the thought of porn towards the Mm -hmm. beginning of the movie i also don't think it's a good idea to just go searching people's phones people's history like you're looking for something if you feel the need to go search through things like that yeah that that's not just like something that pops up like search history isn't just like up front on a computer screen you have to click through a few things to get there and why do you feel the need to do that that already shows distrust in the relationship which is not good anyway no and usually when that happens you're going to find something that you wish you wouldn't have found yeah exactly so while i don't think that as we've mentioned i i'm totally cool with watching porn, partner watching porn, people doing what feels right for them. I know that there are some concerns with porn as a whole, as an industry. Mm -hmm. Like how are these videos getting made? Are there ethical practices in place? Are people being treated fairly? Are they getting taken advantage of? Uh, are there any types of porn that actually show female empowerment? Because a lot of them don't a lot of them are centered around pleasing a man. And so like, are there types that set better expectations or don't objectify women in the way that a lot of them do? So I, I understand why people are hesitant, not from like a morality perspective of is porn bad, inherently bad. It's like that industry and what it could mean that you're in support of by watching. Well, they also, a lot of news broke. I want to say it was this past year, 2020 of um, female porn actresses coming out and just essentially saying they'd been raped, saying that they signed on for a scene and they agreed to certain things. And that during the scene, the other actor in the scene just did whatever they wanted to and held their face down in a pillow or, you know, did things that were not consented to and agreed to. And they were stuck in that. And the reaction was, you're a sex worker. You can't be raped. So there are, there are certain things in that industry that that's definitely not a blatant, uh, a blanket statement that that's what always happens. But I think there are definitely like there are in any industry, some very tough things to navigate. And I think they're probably more tough for the women. And like, how do you when you're, when you hop on a porn hub, that's like the most dominant site. Mm-hmm. How do you check that? What, like does Pornhub run their own standards and practices to vet every video that gets uploaded onto that site? Like, how is that monitored? How can we be, um, I don't think there's confident. any way to monitor that because I'm betting that the people go that go to search those type of videos out are, into seeing women in pain and stuff. So for them, there's no reason to report that or flag that. That's like, sure. Well, and some, but some people are into that sort of thing. And again, no shaming that's, you know, but like, how can you, you can't differentiate real from fake anyway. John in the movie thinks that all the people are having realistic, like real sex and none of it's yeah. faked in the movie. He doesn't understand that. Like, they have particular scenes that they're set to hit. They have particular cues they're supposed to do. They have particular, like it's all orchestrated. There's and so, a director saying, bend over Janet. 
<laughs> the cocktail. Sorry. Calling back. You said bend over Shirley. Oh, just kidding. There's a director saying bend over Shirley. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really hard to differentiate. So for that aspect, I think that I personally would like to do a little bit more research if I can to see, are there any ways to ethically watch porn? Like I really don't, I don't know because I haven't ever researched that, but it is concerning knowing that I could be contributing inadvertently to potential hostile environments where people are taken advantage of. Yeah. Well, if you figure that out, report back. I will. And we'll post links to how to look for ethical porn. If we find them, Jack, single origin, ethically sourced porn, Jack, find it. (laughs) Thank you kindly. He realizes he's a sex addict and things start to shift when he gets involved with Esther. Esther was the one that she is a classmate of his caught him watching porn on his phone in class. So as a joke, she buys him like a porn DVD. They end up hooking up in her car. He mentions that he broke up with his girlfriend prior. And she asked like, what happened with your girlfriend? And he uh, is actually like very honest with her. And he wasn't honest with his friends of why she broke up with him, but he feels like some sort of connection to Esther to actually tell her what happened. And she's like, oh my God, you're a junkie. You, when's the last time that you, when's the last day you went without watching porn? And he really couldn't remember a day that he went through without watching it. And then she asks an even simpler question, like, are you able to get yourself there without utilizing porn? And he really had to reflect and he, he does reflect and he realizes like, no, he doesn't know what's happening. She's like, yeah, I can tell that you're into it this much because the way that you have sex is that it's all about you. It's not about me at all. It's a two-way street. It's a, it is a like sex should be a two-way street between the people that, or four-way, whatever your lifestyle is. Yeah. Um, Four-way stop, get it done. (laughs) But like it, it's not you know, it's not just one-sided and it can't be one-sided maybe sometimes, but it's, then you return the pleasure, et cetera. So it really is telling of like how he's utilized porn and seen it and how, why he's not getting connections and then why he thinks porn is, is much better. And finally they end up as he's reflecting, he ends up back at her house. We find out that it's not really important to the porn story, but it is important to how he gets over his addiction. Um, We find out a little bit about her in her life. She is a widower and also has lost a child in a car wreck. And the reason that it's important to this story that we're telling is he's able to establish an emotional connection with Esther. He understands more about her. She's shared something very deep with him and he's been able to open up deeply with her. And when they have sex this next time, she actually keeps her clothes on. They have sex and it's not about the money shot. It's not about a particular position. It's not about the size of her chest. It's not about all these things that he's used to compare sex to porn previously. It's about that connection that they're in. And that's what makes him open his eyes and see that it, 
where he was and where he could be. Yeah. Well, and that is for him, this is such a, a departure from his normal sexual uh, roadmap that this is almost like an affair on porn. And, you know, that's the thing about illicit affairs and clandestine meetings and longing stairs is weird shit can happen. And so he found himself actually essentially making love. And he was like, oh, this isn't so bad. That is for him. This is almost like the new exciting sexual thing because he's known porn and money shots and whatever for so long that this is now this new exciting adventure. Yeah. Just for kicks. I Googled how long people spend on porn sites. Are you curious to hear this information? Like per, per visit? Yeah, it's per visit. So I got it from psychology today that pulled the data analytics from Pornhub. Are you curious as to what, how, how long most people spend on Pornhub in one session, in one sitting? 15 minutes. So 15 minutes is about 16% of the porn watching population. The number more or less. So the number one spot for our duration spent on a porn during a single uh, session is actually zero to five minutes, which is 52% of the porn watching population. So that are just coming in hot, coming in in hot, quick hits, which like, what does that say that you like, how long are these videos to where you think that all of these, both people can be satisfied in that short or multiple people can be satisfied in a, a, in a threshold of less than five minutes. Like that's not realistic. No, that's nuts. That's nuts. Uh, from there it goes down to your percentages start dropping the longer the duration, of course. So like a five to 10 minute session, that's about 18% of the population. You get to the very extreme outliers where there's like one to two hours a session. That's like 1% of the population. And then they even put that more than two hours is 0.2% of the population. And I know that doesn't sound significant, but when you think about the amount of watchers universally, 0.2% two hours. Do you think that they just like hit play and walked away and accidentally forgot about it? Or do you think it's like a marathon? What is happening there? Well, what if they're doing like what he did where they're like, I got to find the perfect thing. And they've watched so much that they're like, they're working on their Google doc. They're okay. They're narrowing it down. <laughs> <laughs> stay in your lane, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was Don John. Very interesting movie. I know we talked about a lot of things in this episode. I'll probably give a disclaimer at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Of what you're I getting think that's into. a good, uh, good decision. Okay. So let's get into rating this movie as it relates to porn. I pop my pee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a double entendre. <laughs> it was. How do you rate Don John? Um, 
So I think it gave a pretty accurate portrayal about how much is sexualized in the media and that type of approach to marketing and advertisement just trains everybody's brains to look for sexualization and everything else. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people, a lot of people do watch porn and have unrealistic expectations set and have that kind of shape what they think it's supposed to be like in real life. And for that reason, I'm going to give it a six and a half chicks. I would have loved to have more than just his realization of like, oh, I can do this without watching porn. See more of, oh, my brain has been trained to do this for like years. See the the therapy that it takes to get out of that because mm-hmm. anytime you're in an addiction cycle, it's not one person being like, I think you're addicted and this should be a two-way street. And then you're like, you know what? You're right. Okay, done. I'm fixed. Right. Um, to see some of the work that has to go into getting in that happy, healthy place he seemed to be in towards the end. Um, and I think that's a huge part of that type of stuff. But I do think it showed pretty accurately how porn can really twist your view of reality when it Mm -hmm. comes to intimate relationships. I agree. And I am actually going to give it a seven out of 10 chicks. The only, so a few reasons I'm docking it. Uh, We have no LGBTQ plus representation and what porn looks like for that community. We also don't see distinct kinks that can be available within porn and exploring that. I also, we also don't get a woman's perspective at all in this of a woman who enjoys porn versus the man, the stereotypical man and how women utilize porn. And then I think it would have been fun if there, if Barbara Sugarman would have been into like some trashy romance novels <laughs> and we could have compared porn to that. Cause you know, like I think a lot of us women yeah. love a good romance novel because hundred percent we are so emotional that sometimes having the full context of the story, we like to create the visuals in our brain instead of having them delivered to us so that we can set the tone. And I think that would have been fun to explore too, even though it's not like in your face TNA, it's still yeah. like a way to explore <laughs> <DNA>. your sexuality. <laughs> what you said DDF. Why can't I say TNA? DTF. <laughs> I know DTF. Yeah. I got you. This one was fun. This was in, this one was interesting. Uh, yeah, it was. I, I feel like we did it though. Yeah. Without compromising our professional lives. (laughs) (laughs) I think we skirted the line a couple of times, but I'll do some bleeping. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Anyways, lovely chickadees. Follow us on all the socials. We are on the talk. We the are on the, the talk. talk. <laughs> I'm wasting my life away on TikTok, but no big deal. Follow me so that I can feel like it's worthwhile. All the socials, get the podcast every Wednesday, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're at all of those places and also Audible. So tell your parents to have a listen. That's where they get their audiobooks. We're right there waiting. Let's promote porn for them to listen to with you in the yeah. room. Yeah. And if you have capacity to do so, please 
write a review, rate us, all the things, wherever you get your podcasts, particularly Apple podcasts or written review goes a long way. And we are sending dyes doodles. So if you leave us, leave us a written review on Apple podcasts, please also send us your address so that I can mail you out a fancy postcard with dyes doodle on it and anything else we decide to put on it until next time. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. You've been listening to chick shit. We hope this episode has pushed you just enough to lose a little faith in the media's veneer and gain some useful knowledge to help navigate the day-to-day nonsense that we women contend with. For resources and general mischief, follow on Instagram and Twitter at ChickShitPod or get in touch by email at ChickShitPod at gmail.com. To help others find the show, please like and subscribe. And if you know a woman who might appreciate two new friends and a good dose of laughter, please share this podcast. Until next time, keep it real.